Bring out Elizabeth Selwyn. The tortured souls cried out in agony as the flames mounted higher and higher. Burn, witch, burn, witch, burn, burn, burn. Those I've said to be stoned today the actual practice of witchcraft in the 17th century. And I'm recording too. Rock and roll. Hey now. Oh, so yes. you ordered the stand? I did. I did. It's uh, what was it? Forty bucks, something like that. It's supposed to be really solid. So, Lenny, are you protected by the ejaculation of serpents? The ejaculation of serpents. Yeah, man. What's that? You don't know. I am. Uh, I am in the dark on this one. Wow, that was in the um wicker man the original the oh, 1973 yeah, yes i completely drew a blank on that one <laughs> yeah man yeah it's I, been I, some months be, uh, since I, i've seen it last the yeah, ejaculation man. of serpents i took a screenshot and everything man beach Did buchanan really? yes here here lieth beach buchanan protected by the ejaculation of serpents it's Wonderful. lovely it is. It really is lovely. That is fantastic. I love the sound I of know. that, actually. I know. I'm going to remember that. You should get that as like a tattoo or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> right on your back. I mean, if I, if I had an ejaculation of serpents, I'm, I may be in porn rather than doing what else I'm doing. Yeah. I don't even know if serpents ejaculate. No, but if I could ejaculate whole, sh- whole streams of serpents... That. I mean, I would be like the new Peter North. That would be excellent, man. I Dude. I could definitely dig that. <laughs> <laughs> you totally threw me off on that one. I know. I threw myself off. Actually, no, I, I didn't throw myself off. I was waiting to do that because I took the screenshot and I'm like, you know what? We're going to have to start this podcast with this <laughs> statement. It was just, it oh, had to man. happen. It had to happen, man. Absolutely. Indeed. So, uh, welcome to episode three of Cinema Slaughter podcast, and I'm Omar. And I am Leonardo. Hey now. Oh my. We're going to be covering uh, The Ejaculation of Serpents. That yes. is the Wicker, Wicker Man. And, and the original Wicker Man, I might add. None of yes. these, none of these shenanigans. Look, you know, I'm not a, necessarily a Nick Cage fan. I think a lot of the things that he's done have been really poor. Mm. Um, but as of late, I've really appreciated some of the stuff that he's done, like Mandy. Yes. And uh, you know, even uh, Color Out of Space, which maybe we'll review soon. But yeah. I do like both of those films, and. Uh, yeah. But the Wicker Man was absolutely just a travesty. I mean, it was it was the worst. And I'm a huge fan of the original Edward Woodward just unraveling, you know, throughout the entire you know hour and whatever thirty minutes of that of the movie. Edward Woodward is excellent in that film and doesn't get enough credit. Obviously, always overshadowed by Sir Christopher Lee, who overshadows everything that he's ever done. Um, but yeah, I mean, right. this is an an excellent film. So, and one of my favorite, you know, folk or pagan horror films. Right. And we're doing a double feature today. We're we're going head to head. We're going Midsommar 
and I always feel odd when I'm when I'm pronouncing that. The Midsommar. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I and guess. The Wicker Man. And Wicker Man. You know the th- I, what I noticed because I actually this was my first time watching Wicker Man, and um, it was the very a lot first of time, time. It was my very first time, and I have to admit, as I was watching it, um, usually when you watch an older movie. There are certain things that happen that seem kind of outdated uh, or or poor special effects or, or something like that. And I notice those things really easily. But with this one, I have to admit, like, it was so well done that it stood the test of time. As someone who viewed it, you know, just a couple of days ago for the first time, yes, I'll say, I mean, that was really well done. My only complaint is although there was this kind of sense of dread that kind of, you know, was threading the whole movie, Mm -hmm. it didn't have any real scares or anything really sinister to, you know what I mean? Like any moments like that. But it definitely kept my attention. Like I was not bored with it at all. Right. It just, it was very, very well executed. It was, you know, well edited it just uh, carried itself very well. And again, it didn't come across as being very dated, except maybe for um, uh, some of the hairstyles, that's all. But <laughs> yeah. but well, overall, was, and, know, yeah, Scotland a little bit of the music. Exactly. They're on an isolated still, island. You know, maybe they have one barber in town. Yeah, exactly. But overall, I mean, no, no cheesy special effects. No, you know, like it was, it was very well, well done. You know, like I've seen a lot of movies where, um, yeah, I could definitely appreciate them and everything. Where you know, older movies, but um, you know, something will come up where it's just like, oh man, that is just so dated. You know, no, this absolutely. Then what I love it, about it, this film is the. You know, we're going to talk about these two films, but in general, I love slow burn type movies that really hold my interest because they give you time to see the character and to kind of understand the character development. Like this movie begins in church where, you know, this Edward Woodward's character, Sergeant Howie, is this buttoned up, very uh, ultra conservative, ultra religious figure. Right, And he is asked to investigate the disappearance of this young girl on this island. And look, there's going to be spoilers, but this movie is like 47 years old, so deal with it. So in this mm. case, you know, he is brought to this island unwittingly, and he's, he's a very naive character. And he, he opens himself up for this situation. Um, you're led to believe that, you know, I, that he's... Ultimately, he's the virgin sacrifice. Exactly. And that was, um, you know, it's funny. I actually didn't, um, I didn't figure that out until like close to the very end, you know? Right. Where, although they had mentioned it, you know, with, um, you know, when, when, um, was it Britt, Britt Eklund, I think? Mm hmm. Uh, when she tries to seduce him at the dam. Uh, yeah, she was like super hot. Um, oh, yeah. but, uh, she does. And then, and then he states that he's, you know, about to, you know, he's going to get married and that she, he's never, you know, messed around. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, really good, man. I, I actually, and yes, it was a slow burn, but a lot of times with slow burn movies, you get bored with it. This one, I didn't get bored at all. It was, uh, the editing was really good. It, uh, you know, I've seen, you know, critically acclaimed movies and stuff where it is a slow burn and you kind of, at certain points, you're like, all right, come on, get on with it, right, you right. know? Like, give me a break already. Like, let something happen. Yes. But in this one, I never feel yes. like... No, Where's, no. and there's and they don't ruin it with a bunch of jump scares like cats jumping no. out of a window or any you know right. you know silly tropes that we get in other films where exactly you know they it's it's about atmosphere and it's about being mm. on this isolated island summer isle sounds like a beautiful place and it is if you right. were you know the selected inhabitants but it's not such a beautiful place if you're selected <laughs> to be mm. you know the the sacrifice. Sacrifice, exactly. And, exactly. You know, there is an ominous type of of vibe that you get throughout the film. Even when you you know finally meet Christopher Lee, Lord Summer Isle, um, Christopher Lee kind of downplays the character a bit and he he delivers like an understated uh, scene. Right. Um, and yes. and this character is is super interesting. Obviously he's got the gravitas, you know, Christopher Lee um, and he's running the show. Mm-hmm. He's in charge of the place, but you don't really see him right away. And yeah, and it's exactly. a really it interesting thing. Yeah. It takes him a while, right, for him for him to for him to show up. Um, but it's the the inhabitants in the town. Like when he first the, his first evening there, he goes to the the inn and gets a room, and. You know, he's eating food, and he's like, oh, my God, you know, what's going on with this food? It's like everything tastes like it's from a can, you know, and he's right. like, oh, well, you know, um, you know, we don't have any, you know, the apple pie or anything like that because there's no apples, you know, like, and you you, you slowly, right. you know, hear about, you know, the, um, the, the aisle that's known for its fruits and vegetables and, you know, apples and everything else, and they have just poor harvest and all these other issues, and you're not really thinking. Like the first time I saw this film, I'm like, "What is going on here? Like, what is happening? I don't get it." Because I had no idea what the film was about, really. Um, I just heard about it, you know. And I and I was um, a freak for Christopher Lee, and so anything that he was in, I wanted to see it. And um, so this was probably the the mid '80s when I first watched The Wicker Man, and uh, I was I was hooked immediately. Um, and mostly yeah. because of, you know, at the time, I, I didn't even realize it was him, but the um, um, the TV show that, that um, Edward Woodward was in at the time, was it the, um, the Eliminator or the, one of those, one of those 80s shows I'm going to, I'm drawing a blank on, but I'll remember in a minute. Wait, wait a minute. It wasn't The Equalizer. Yes, The no. Equalizer. Yes, yes. Thank what? you. Edward Woodward's the equalizer, dude, and he was great oh. in that TV show. But that's him as a young man in 1973. So oh. he and damn, I did not know that. Yeah, so he, I love how he's so buttoned up. I love how, you know, the whole town, even the old men in the town, are singing that song in the tavern. And, right. you know, it's and they call, you know, the, the description of this movie is, you know, there's this frivolous sexual displays and strange pagan rituals. Um, and, you know, they're they're singing about the landlord's daughter. And, and you know, I first and 
the music in this movie mm. is excellent. So anyone right. who's a fan of of soundtracks and um, you know, or even fo- some folk music, and and they get into you know just oddball, this is a great film for you because the 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 old style music that they're singing in here and a lot of the a lot of the the film it's um it lends itself to um you know this type of um you know pagan or folk tales and it's really it's really done so well i enjoy the hell out of it and not to mention any town with Britt eckland running around oh indeed and Ingrid Pitt is your librarian. Yes. I mean, give me you a know? break. That's where I want to live. I mean, Ingrid Pitt Sacrifice is so me. goddamn Go hot. I mean, come yeah. on. And you're right. Britt Eklund yeah. in this movie, you know, she's like, you know, trying to seduce him. And yeah, okay, I understand. You know, he's got a fiance and he's doing the right thing. Yes, I agree. But if you weren't engaged or you weren't in a relationship, you I mean, mm. come on. You would, you would jump at that. His, uh, exactly. But it doesn't. I think he uses his fiance as an excuse because he just really is. A, he's terrified of sexuality, and it's right. obviously the trappings of his religion. Um, you know, it it has put him in this place uh, to make him ripe for to become the wicker man. I mean, he exactly. I mean, he was selected, and then you, you yeah, know. at the end, you realize that he was selected. That this whole thing was just a farce because they selected him for, you know, for his naivete because they knew that he was going to be um, keen on coming to the island. They knew that they were going to be able to seduce him with this mystery, and you know, do their best to to kind of turn him inside out, right, and make him ripe for. The sacrifice and and they did it so well that at the end you know when it comes you know when he gets his well i don't want to say his comeuppance i don't think he necessarily deserved it but um no no yeah i mean not he, um i mean he what he what he, he, he was, was un, he was an unwilling participant in this whole plot because of you know just the nature his own nature it just uh you know right. he was compelled to be there Exactly. I mean, he was like, um, you know, super religious and everything, but not deserving of, you know, the fate. And 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 it was pretty, uh, pretty brutal, man. The the his fate was, you know, I mean, he was like, it was very convincing. As you know, the wicker man was burning. I was like, oh wow, you know, it's it's pretty, uh, you know, without being gory or anything like that. But you you could tell, you know. The act of him suffering as the thing's burning was was pretty, uh, you know, it was pretty rough. It was intense. Yeah, at the yes. at the end, and especially he's trying to sing, you know, Christian psalms, and he's he's going out, mm. you know, as a defender of the faith. You know, he, you know, he doesn't right. succumb to, you know, the the his pagan tormentors. You know, and you know, and and mm. it's it's an odd situation, but I love the speech. Um, in the Wicker Man, with um, you know him talking about you know Christianity, it's dead. God is dead. You know he had his chance, but right. you know it, it's it's right. our time now. You know it, enough is enough. You know we're mm. we're doing our best. You know <laughs> in the old ways. You know the old gods are are more powerful, and um, and you you believe him. You know, you. I believe that that that's the case at the end of this film because Edward Woodward 
succumbs to to these to these people on this island. He becomes the sacrifice, and so you you see the strength in the old gods is is with them. And I imagine like if there was a sequel, it would be totally boring because that sacrifice brought peace, you know, peace and prosperity, you know, and, and renewed the crops. Right. And, you know, the sequel to The Wicker Man would be terribly boring because there's nothing that's happening because Edward Woodward's sacrifice, you know, uh, rectified whatever the problem was. You know, it, it appeased the gods. I, all right, so I, uh, I looked up, um, supposedly there was a, uh, a spiritual sequel, so to speak, and I think it was called The Wicker Tree. Oh, really? Now, I didn't see that yet. Yeah, I, I looked it up on, on Wikipedia. Oh, well, so read, read the description for us. Got Tell us what, what does it read? Uh, all right, let me bring this up over here. That's, uh, my handy-dandy phone. <laughs> all right, what do we got here? Bring up all Wikipedia. And the wicker uh, all right uh, the wicker tree 2011 film by Robin Hardy who did the original um horror film written uh, it contains many direct parallels and allusions to the 73 film the wicker man which is also directed by Hardy and is intended as a companion piece, which explores the same themes. Hmm. Premiered at Fantasia Festival in Montreal. Interesting. And when was this released? Yeah, we're going to have to check that out, man. Uh, 2011. Huh. And it's called The Wicker uh, Tree? The Wicker Tree. Interesting. All right. All yeah. right. So let's check yeah, that one out. Yeah, we're going to have to check yeah, that out, we'll man. talk about that one, yeah. too. Because I, I'm not familiar yeah. with that, and that would be interesting. I, I definitely would like to see it. And obviously, if it's a companion piece, it'll be a little different, which is good. Um, and and one of the actors is Honeysuckle Weeks. I don't know who that is, but that name just is very compelling to me. <laughs> it is sexy. I mean, uh, uh, maybe she's is. no Ingrid Pitt, but um, we'll have to. That remains to be seen. Honeysuckle Weeks. Exactly. Interesting. Hey, honeysuckle weeks. All right, I like that. Very, very compelling. I'm, so I'm compelled, Leonard. I'm compelled. I am compelled as well. So we'll have to check that out. Maybe we'll do that soon. Um, and um, apparently Christopher Lee is actually in it too. Really? So. But he, I think he might have a smaller part. Holy cow! All right. Yeah, we're gonna check it out, I, Lenny. We're gonna I check miss it Christopher out. Lee. In he was I such know. an amazing figure. <laughs> His real life was probably more interesting than his stage life. And yeah. I don't think we'll ever see the likes of that type of figure ever again. I mean, he was no, really. super no. intelligent. He spoke, I think, mm-hmm. fluently eight different languages. I mean, he was a, a war hero. Really? He was a spy. His um, So Ian Fleming was his cousin, and Ian Fleming wrote james bond and they're like well this is such a an incredibly crazy character you know it's you know no man is like james bond but apparently ian fleming wrote james bond and modeled him after christopher lee like that i did not yes. know that and I so did not know james that. bond That's was modeled after him because you know christopher lee was this wartime wow you know, spy and this incredibly debonair character. And like I said, he spoke multiple languages and 
you know, was um, was just an amazing figure. And I know the 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 story about when he was in uh, the Lord of the Rings and Peter Jackson was directing him and he um, gets stabbed. Um, you know, mm. he gets stabbed by Grima Wormtongue. I, I, I know, you know the story. story. Okay, so yeah, Grima yeah. Wormtongue, the character, yeah. um, Brad Dorff's character, sta- is supposed to stab him, and he's supposed to scream out, but he's like, Peter, you know, any a man who gets stabbed in the back or, you know, in the lungs like that doesn't, you know, can't scream. He just doesn't have, you know, the, the ability to do that. And he's like, oh, well, how would you know that? Right. And he's like, I, I know this, you know, like he, so he knew the sound a man Jesus. made when you, when stabbed in the back. So, I mean, he was the real deal. I mean, Damn. he was a spy and, you know, he was involved in the war and, um, he was just an incredibly interesting person. I mean, he was, um, he had an Italian background and there, I guess he had, uh, he was a, a, from Italian royalty. So he was, you know, just, mm. He was he was fascinating. fascinating. fascinating he really he, he really was. And then in the later years, he even came up with a heavy metal album. So I mean, there was like nothing this guy couldn't do. Exactly, incredible. We might have to do uh, you know a future episode uh, a Stephen uh, uh, Stephen a uh, Christopher Lee special. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, you know? I would love to do that. That would be awesome. I think we should definitely. I'm in. Do that. So let's put that together. All right. Um. Uh, we will. Yeah. So now I am a, uh, this fan. Uh, excuse me. I'm a fan of this. I've 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 loved this movie for a long time, and I've seen it a bunch of times. That's why I'm surprised I didn't even remember <laughs> the ejaculation of serpents. Um, but uh, like I said, I hadn't seen it in, in a while. It's um it's a great film if you're into pagan horror films, or if you're into um you know folk horror. This is definitely one to watch, um, and I and it's I highly recommend it. So if I'm gonna if I'm gonna rate this film, I'm gonna give it a you know, maybe a four and a half, almost a almost a five out of five. I'm not gonna uh, flounder. Yeah, I'm gonna I give think... it a five out of five. All right, then I'll I'll, I'll give it the four and nice. a half. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I I think again it stood the test of time very well, very well. Uh, and now, on to Nitsomar, um, which has my name in it. That's wait, or is it M M A R? Okay, never mind. <laughs> Ignore that. So yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> uh, I actually. All right. So uh, this is a film directed by Ari Aster, who did Hereditary, um, which I. There were a lot of things I liked about Hereditary, but also a lot of things that took me out of the film as I was watching okay. it. Uh, Lenny disagrees with me. And actually, so does my yes. brother. Um, he liked it a lot. Uh, Midsommar, however, I thought was really, really good. I th- It was long, three hours long, but it didn't feel like it. Um, I never got bored with it. Uh, just like, you know, Wicker Man, which is also a slow burn, like we discussed. Uh, this one was even, you Dare know, a longer say movie. Slower? And, a slower burn? Um, I, I don't know if I would say a slower burn because I think there were enough kind of maybe uh, an increase of tension that, that kept yes. it going very well. I, you know I, I mean? agree with that, absolutely. And, um, 
Yeah, and and I really enjoyed it, man. I, I thought it was um, excellent. The the beginning. Oh my god! When you learn about this character, uh, yeah. Uh, just spoiler alert with um, Flo- uh, what's her name? Florence. Yeah. Pugh? Florence Is that her name? Pugh. Yeah, Florence Pugh. Her character, Danny, um, Danny the her suffers a you know a tremendous loss, and when she suffers it, like you feel it. When she's in 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 um, mourning, it is oh legit. my god! Like I I really felt she it, man. Was, it was amazing. Just, in whew. I've never seen yes. someone convey loss so yes. incredibly well. I mean the acting, and I think the acting was so mm. well done through you know by all the actors involved. I think everyone did a tremendous job. Absolutely. But, Oh, oh my God! Like she was just—I couldn't—I couldn't take my eyes off of her throughout the entire film because right. it was the the little nuances. Right. Um, yeah. Yes. I, I just—I loved—I loved it. I thought and there was so there was such a level of despair with um, her character, and she was always trying to. Um, What's the word? Like she was trying to make excuses for everybody else, right? You know, and walk on eggshells, especially, especially her boyfriend. Especially her boyfriend. Yes. So yes. Her boyfriend, um, Christian. He he was mm-hmm. obviously you know that they're terrible for each other, and it starts off where he's talking to his friends. And he's saying, I, you know, I, I don't know what to do. I, I need to, you know, I need to end it. And she feels like after she hangs up, she she talks to her friend and says, you know, I, I, I don't know what to say. You know, he it doesn't even sound like he's interested and he's looking for an excuse, you know, any, anything. And so at that moment, she's also dealing with um, some email, strange emails and foreboding emails from her sister. Um, her sister, you know, being, you know, also being um, bipolar and all kinds of other mental health issues. And then, you know, the this event occurs. I mean, do we want to give this away? I mean, we've we've done spoilers and others. So I think um, it's a pivotal event. Yeah, I, think I mean, it needs to, it, we need to talk about it. It is, uh, and it's also, I mean, it does happen early on in the film. So, yes, yeah, so what ends up happening is her sister commits suicide and kills both of her yes. parents and in the way um, it's done at the same time they the, the scene yeah. is it's really scary i mean it's a very creepy it is. scene especially the camera right. you know they're zipping the parents up into body bags and taking them out of the house and then the camera pans low through the hallway coming from the parents room into their um danny's sister's bedroom and you see the computer screen lit up behind her but she's on the floor with her legs splayed out um with the hose she was running hoses from from the cars that were running in the garage and she ran these hoses into the house and basically asphyxiated her her and her family but the way she did it on with herself she took the hose and put it in her own mouth and and, and taped then it up. taped it like with duct tape around her head 
Right. And you could see yeah. where she was vomiting through this this mask and hose. Yes. And it was all over the front of her right. shirt, and she was just pallid. And it was I, I it was genuine. If I had seen that, if you if you had walked into that scene on your own in real life, it it's devastating. Uh, I mean, and terrifying. Like you I'll could. This it. is something that you could not recover from, and so. It sets the tone for the rest of the film. This, there's this, uh, just pallor of despair throughout the film, and the, and the character Danny has not recovered from it. And there are scenes interspersed throughout where she's, you know, where she remembers, you know, that you know my family's gone um, in in various moments. But what I find telling about this is that she and her boyfriend have such a disconnected relationship that she's she has to hide her grief because she doesn't want to disturb him or you know put um put her relationship on the rocks and so she she cries alone and suppresses her her uh you know tears like she suppresses you know who she is and walks on eggshells constantly to make him happy. And he knows this, and he threatens her at times where, you know, they're talking about going to Sweden. She's like, why didn't you tell me? I, I, it would have been nice to know. And he's like, well, it wasn't. I was just toying with the idea. She's like, you bought a ticket. You bought a plane ticket to Sweden. What are you talking about? Like, I just, and he's like, you know what? Maybe I'm just going to go home. He's like, and she's like, no, 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 I'm, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's my fault. Right, right. It's my fault. And, oh, Absolutely. and it's. It's devastating to see this kind of relationship because he's so fucking manipulative. Um, manipulative, uh, even, you know, he goes into manipulating his friends. And uh, when, as a matter of fact, uh, they, uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot of complexity going on. And I thought it was handled so well. Yes. But I, I, I like the fact that it's almost like the horror really didn't play center stage to the story. It was more about her and her relationship with him and even their relationship, uh, 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 Christian's relationship with his friends. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot going on. Um, There's uh, one of his friends doesn't like the Danny character. He feels that she's kind of a burden. Boyfriend doesn't do anything to, you know, stand up for her. Never. And, you know, there are all these dynamic things going on. And then this whole trip to Sweden plays. um, It's like, is it a gift or a curse? And it's it's just done, executed so well, man. Uh, It just long movie, nothing too drawn out. Like it was it was just. Just really, it's a movie you never get bored with, you know, watching. I, I just really enjoyed it. And then the yeah, horrors. Well, then, and you and know? talking about you, you don't get bored <laughs> watching it. It's Woo. it's a beautifully shot film, too. Especially it is. when you it, everything it is. is so bleak and grim looking. And it's wintertime um, when the movie starts and then goes into summer. But even mm-hmm. when you're in the States, it's still shot dark. You know, the beginning of the film is it kind of reflects their mood. And right. then you it you you know, they fly to Sweden and it's incredibly beautiful. The natural landscapes there, the forests. I mean, they go into this place where it's seemingly a paradise. Um, 
their, their first interaction there and is in these beautiful fields with a bunch of other people um, from one of their friends um, that lives in Sweden and takes and he you know gives them the idea and takes them to his village or whatever um, and it's other other kids in, from their village returning and you see that they're bringing friends with them as well and it's almost like it's almost like the, this set, the this thing you is, know this pagan recruitment <laughs> you know what i mean they they went to different places and <laughs> exactly. bringing people back because they're trying to you know bring fresh blood into um and it's you know believe me it's not right. a vampire movie but they uh you know there are sacrifices right. there but it's gorgeous the horror takes place in broad daylight in exactly i was just about to say that man nothing happens like your typical horror movie where it happens at night where everything's hidden and you know and and it's all in the shadows no this is broad daylight man this is as a matter of fact it's because it's so far up north there really isn't much right. of a night there and so everything's happening the land of the midnight sun <laughs> and you're seeing everything yeah it's um it's beautiful i mean i i liked how it started off because they're going on this long journey into the you know this remote location and the camera turns upside down and so the vehicle and the road is traveling you know underneath yes um, instead of you know the camera's panned underneath it, it it flips and so the road and the vehicle are above you and you're just kind of sailing along and you realize well you know we're not in kansas anymore you know everything's flipped upside down indeed and, um and then they start their journey with uh, by tripping out you know and they start taking these psychotropic drugs yes, and mushrooms. yeah they take these shrooms and you know <coughs> excuse me um and the the effect the effect like you know I've, i i never messed around with uh, shrooms but i have messed around with other things but the effect the visual effect that they give is so legit like it's very it it was just executed yeah, it was very subtle well. enough um, um and it was all camera work yes there didn't need to be any heavy-handedness to it um and then the facial expressions never, of the characters and how they were acting really put it was off-putting because you know that they're beginning to experience things um that are scary to them but it's just the beginning you know this unsettling feeling and yes. tension um, is is off-putting, and Ari Aster is he has a command of this type of presence in his films. He knows what he's doing, right? And one of the things, I mean, not to go back to it, but one of the things that you mentioned earlier that I loved about Hereditary was the atmosphere of dread and despair. Mm. Um, you know, it's just. The setting is—it's right. dripping with it, and the, here's a, a family that's coming apart. Um, and this is also about relationships that are coming apart because you realize that they're just precarious already. That when they were in the, in the states, you know, they were kind of—they were all together, but it was almost out of necessity, out of this weird type of um, codependency, not just Danny and Christian, but, you know, Christian and, and his friends as well. You get, you get the vibe that, you know, once college is over, I don't think they're, I don't think they're long for friendship. I, I, I really just don't see them being true friends, you know, they, and then it starts to unravel and, you know, you, you see how Christian really is just an opportunist and he, that's how he lives his life. 
and uh, you know even just trying to steal a thesis from his friend and you know he's he's never connected with Danny at all even to the point where I, I love this scene where they're dancing around the maypole later on I, I would say this is just just near the end or the beginning of the excuse me the beginning of the third act and um, mm-hmm. she's dancing around the maypole she just took some kind of weird trip you know uh, some liquid this tea that they made and she's dancing around and she's ecstatic right. and she's so happy like she hasn't remembered a time where she felt joy and she looks up and across the field to Christian to see a connection with him to see the joy on his face that he's happy for her you know and there was that moment where I really felt for her as a, this character there was real sadness in the look on her face because she's so happy and she turns to to the one person that she wants to share this with and he's not even looking at her he's 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 sitting down and so self-absorbed and just looking around and he's not even looking across the field at her and she's just staring like you know uh, what am i doing like you there's almost this look of of uh, you know real sadness on her face where there's this huge disconnect and it's just it's awesome i mean just how Ari Aster wrote this screenplay and and got these these um, actors to portray this right. level of intimacy and yet um, it's an intimate despair that these characters are experiencing. There's such a huge, terrifying disconnect. Um, it's not just that they're separated by this field. They're separated by like a gulf of just um, Christian being unable or unwilling to connect with her, and uh, yeah, and it was at that yeah. moment you know, like you see you see it on her face, and she like knows that there's like what am I doing? Like what's happening? Who is this person that I keep looking to for support, and he's never there. Um, there was the one tiny tiny complaint, of course, being being who I am. And, and I think it was yeah. a missed opportunity, is at the very end, and this is spoiler, spoiler, <laughs> eh, 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 all right? Uh, so if, if, you know, because this is important. At the very end, she has to uh, choose who gets sacrificed in that bear oh, yeah, yeah, skin, yeah. right? There was a choice between Christian and some other rando. I think it should have been a choice between Christian and the guy, I think Pele, the one who brought them into Sweden. Yeah, but that's why they didn't chose him. They made, they gave him a crown and everything. And they said that he holds a place of honor because he brought the May queen. So they wouldn't have sacrificed him. I, well, but I think it should have been up to the May queen to decide that, you know what I mean? Like it, because of, because of the whole thing of the relationship. In other words, she has a choice either to sacrifice for revenge this guy who brought them into the scenario or Christian who had who was so distant and you know what I mean like yeah. who, who was you know she's in a relationship with and he's such a bastard so I, yeah, I think I, that could I have get, been I get what you're saying because the then there would have been that was a dog in that fight yeah. then you know what I mean like then at that point it's like you know like she has a yes. choice and she still would choose Christian for that role 
exactly exactly so just from a storytelling perspective i understand where you're coming from uh, that's the one tiny complaint yeah that's the one tiny complaint but overall it it was just yeah it's i really enjoyed it it was a really 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 good movie and uh again it's another um slow type burn there's not much in the way of of horror although there's there are moments of, of you know cringeworthiness, um, sacrifices, um, at the end where Christian oh, stumbles yeah. into this room, and there's uh, one of his you know one of the people that they were on the trip with, uh, is is tied up and harnessed in, mm-hmm. to, into this blood eagle where his lungs are pulled from his back Ooh, and still yeah. breathing. Yeah. Um, there's, yeah. um, you know, there's just it. He, let's just say. He, Let's just say Ari Esther's not uh, known for holding no, back he when doesn't. it comes to gore. He doesn't. Like he and it's just... really it's impressive. I really <laughs> enjoy this film. <sighs> I think I think other people will yeah. if you haven't seen it yet. I saw this in the theater, and I've made damn sure I saw it in a late a late mm. uh, showing. It was like I think it was like nine o'clock when uh, nine p.m. showing. So I went late to see this, and I went alone. Because I couldn't get anyone to go with me. And I was like, oh, well, wow. screw this. I'm not missing this in the theater. Then I went by myself. Damn. And I'm so glad I did because it was worth every second. And uh, I've seen it two other times after that. And I definitely – it's a movie that I want to own because it looks it looks gorgeous. I mean, right. even at the end when she's the, uh, the queen and she's it got is. her crown on and she's completely covered right. in flowers – it's a beautiful scene, and yet there's something so claustrophobic and and just utterly frightening about yes. it. Um, you just can't get over right. the um, how he put it together, and the and the and the color palettes are just. It, it's a, it's it's a beautifully shot film. I don't I don't. It really is. I don't know if you ever noticed this, but um, there's one scene. Um, I think it's before she became the May Queen, where. The, or, or maybe it was at, at that point, maybe they're carrying her. In the trees, in the forest, in the background, you see the face of one of the gods looking down at her it, from the form of the trees. Yeah. It was done very well, man. But you, yeah, you, you could see the face looking down. Front, like, it's the trees, it's the forest yeah. there. Yeah, and because it's in the, the shape those of the old face gods of one there, of the gods. those pagan gods yeah. that they're, you know... Um, that they right. sacrifice to, it's real there. They exist in this world. And then when you, you know, when they take the drugs and they arrive right, there, right. and everything is flipped upside down, literally, that that's a physical representation mm. of, you know, like we said earlier, that they're not in Kansas anymore, and this is a different world. And then they're in the middle of nowhere, and anything can right, happen, right. and any and anything does. You know, they, it is, it's exactly. incredible. It, what they what they did with this film and and the journey that these characters go on um and from a technical level the um like special effects that were used there were some computer effects but they were done in such a creative subtle intelligent yes. but way. most of, you know what i most mean most of it i think Not is, overwhelming. is probably practical just... but yeah i get what you're saying yeah oh it was it, it, it was just certain um with like for example, there's parts where the flowers are sort yeah, of yeah. When she's sitting in the and chair stuff. and the chair that is covered in, most in uh, vines and, yes. the, and the she moves her arms up and yes. down and and the plants are moving with her right. because she's right. in sync. She's the May Queen, you know. And yeah. 
she's in charge. She's in right. charge of the, right. um, you know, the, I guess, I don't know, the, the fecundity of the uh, of the land, you know. Mm. And so that's like her role at this point. So, I mean, it was a $9 million budget, and, yeah, and this and film looked done, amazing. So, right. It did. It did. It really did. Like, I, I think this was, like, it, it, I always hear of uh, horror epics, you know, and, and I think this one can can sort of somewhat, I, I mean, it, it's, it has the, the sense of horror, you know, of course, w- without it being too overwhelming, and that's why I, I think it was just a, yeah, a really, really Yeah, I mean, we really can go on and on and gush man. about it, um, but yeah, go check this yeah. out. It is... Um, not your usual horror film, but it's, you know, for the level of despair, the amazing acting, the look and feel of this, you, you won't soon forget it. And you're probably going to want to watch it more than once to catch some of these subtleties. But um, so give us your take yeah. on this, Omar. What's your rating? I'm going to give it a five, man. I'm nice. definitely going to give it a five out of five. All right, cool. That I was really good. I'm glad, you, yeah, I'm glad you yeah, did really, like it because really. I know you were still kind of on the fence, and I think uh, yeah. you're going to have to watch Hereditary again just so you can get a full take on it because I think you will end up liking it uh, more than you did last time. But I'm going to go I'm gonna go with a five. I'm, I'm with you 100% on this. This is definitely one of those kinds of movies that you own. And uh, so, yeah, I, it's definitely Absolutely. recommended two thumbs up rock and roll so thanks again for joining us i hope you guys liked it um, all right bro. you know we'll, we're gonna come back very soon with uh the next episode who knows maybe we'll just review hereditary again we'll do an ari aster double feature and uh you know go back to back but we'll see we'll see we got a couple other things on the yeah. on the horizon some old school stuff coming up we're going to talk about um uh mad max 2 the road warrior and 1990 the bronx warriors which omar you have never seen the uh Br- the bronx warriors i oh have my never God. seen all right so i think I maybe we'll do it. that because that's mm. a fa- that's a but favorite i, I even own the soundtrack on vinyl it's a favorite i it's just so oh uh, my cheesy God. goodness it's it's great so before I we before we goodness. dip out of here we uh we just want to give another shout out to our buddy cooch and uh, WebVantage LLC, that's webvantage.us. Check them out for all your web hosting needs, the e-commerce needs. Uh, he is awesome. He would work with you and really, uh, you know, it's a great service. So you should go check them out. Uh, we highly recommend them. Awesome. I'm uh, <laughs> glad you remembered this time. Yeah, no problem. We just spent the better part of 45 <laughs> minutes talking about just two movies, and we could probably have gone on. So uh, thanks very much for tuning into this long-winded jaunt around the world. But uh, we appreciate it, and we hope to see you guys soon.